Good morning and happy Easter. I bring you greetings from Naples United Church of Christ here in Naples, Florida, and we are honored to have you celebrating and worshiping with us this morning. And it is a privilege to welcome you, no matter where you are worshiping with us, no matter if you are worshiping with us via live stream or Facebook Live, we are honored by your presence here this morning, and we hope that uh, you find the power and the joy of resurrection in your life as we join together in worship today. My name is Dawson Taylor, and I have the great privilege of serving as senior minister And I want to also invite and welcome you to perhaps join us through our audio podcast. That is a wonderful way also later in the week to download the service and listen to it uh, as you uh, are on your way uh, out and about. Uh, And also want to let you know that, of course, we are honoring the uh, CDC recommendations. And so uh, any pastor that you don't see on the chancel, I assure you that they are okay. And uh, we are grateful to our musicians and to our technology team who are able to be here and safely uh, socially distanced so that we can bring you this uh, worship service and can bring you Uh, bring Easter to you on this holy and sacred day. There is a small but beautiful floral arrangement here this morning. Um, When we return to in-person worship, you will see uh, what we would call our Easter flowers uh, when we have that worship service that day. But uh, we want to thank those of you who have donated to the Easter flower offering. Hopefully you saw the uh, dedication list that went out last night via email. And again, we are so grateful for all the dedications. I was thrilled to discover that in addition to the $10,000 grant that our Board of Mission and Outreach have released to Harry Chapin Food Bank, that uh, because of your generosity, we have released another $13,000 to the Harry Chapin Food Bank. So that is a total gift from this congregation so far of $23,000. And I would remind you that uh, that amount is matched by a community foundation. And what I believe is that probably by the time it's all said and done, that we will land somewhere near $25,000, which means that will be a $50,000 impact in our community uh, by the time that is matched. And so once again, thank you for your tremendous generosity of helping feed Uh, those who need it most in these times, and I'm so grateful. I'm also pleased to tell you that uh, the clergy roundtable will continue this week. Uh, We had started that during Lent to finish our uh, Lenten study book, but we were having such a good time and we received such good feedback that we are going to continue it at least through uh, the month of May. And so we are starting the Uh, Book of Joy by His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Um, I began reading it over the weekend, and it is a tremendous, tremendously wonderful read. So I uh, hope that you'll download it, order it, uh, get a copy of it, and uh, join us this Wednesday night at five o'clock. The four members of the clergy team will be here to uh, discuss it, give an overview, and then we'll take six weeks to, uh, to review that book and be together. So again, I hope that you uh, will join us for that. I want to let you know that uh, 
for me at least, and I think for so many, it's just not Easter until you've sung the great hymn of the church by Charles Wesley, Christ the Lord is risen today. And especially in this congregation, unless you've heard that hymn on our great pipe organ with the musicians that are always here. And so we wanted you to uh, experience that again. And so through, again, the gift of technology and our gifted staff, we have been able to pull the video from last year's opening uh, processional of Christ the Lord is Risen. And so that's how we will begin worship this morning, is that you will uh, experience the video of last year's uh, hymn. And so I want you to know that that is what is coming next. But as we gather our hearts, as we gather our souls, no matter where we are in the world, Southwest Florida, if we find ourselves back north, if we find ourselves across the ocean, we know that God is with us. The same God who today especially reminds us that there is no force on this earth that can overcome the love and the power of God, not even death. And so we are reminded of those ancient words of the church on that first Easter morning when they proclaimed, my friends, why do you seek the living among the dead? Christ is not here. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Will you join your hearts with mine in prayer? Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we continue to give you thanks for the gift of this day and for the gift of resurrection and new beginnings in our lives. And we trust, O oh God, that in this time of worship that you would speak either through me or in spite of me but that above all else we would hear with clarity what it is that you say to us this day. All of this we trust and we ask in your many names. Amen. I sat in front of my pastoral counselor many weeks ago and I described a poignant scene in a movie that I had watched the previous weekend. I honestly don't remember anything about it, except that it was a, a passing scene. I remember I had watched the movie by myself, and I remember that the scene had something to do with being a new parent, and it caused me to cry. And I was seeking advice from my trusted therapist about the reason for my reaction. You see, I've always wanted children in my life. I long to be a parent. But as a single gay 41-year-old with the complexities of adoption in our state and with the cost of surrogacy, and with each passing year, that becomes an increasingly challenging idea. 
And whatever it was that caused the tears to flow from my eyes, it had obviously hit a nerve. As I described my reaction to my counselor, he paused, looked at me and said, pay attention to the tears. He went on to explain that tears are both a physical and emotional reaction to something very deep in one's soul that I needed to listen to. With his help and with his guidance and after dialogue, I was able to clarify that I was not ready nor willing to give up on the idea of parenting but I did acknowledge that there was a lot of uncertainty. And I don't know about you, but over these last three weeks, my life has been filled to overflowing with uncertainty. Will life ever return to normal again? And what exactly does normal mean now? Will I sit in a crowded movie theater or an overflowing sanctuary again and not think about germs? But is that necessarily a bad thing? When I get to see my parents again and not on my iPad screen, will I embrace them without the fear of making them ill? When will I get to see our staff in one room together again and sense the synergy that comes with that much creativity in one place? How many memorial services will we have to host because of COVID-19? Will giving remain strong to the church? Will my own finances remain stable? I have plenty of time to make up reduced assets in my retirement funds, but what about those who don't have that kind of time? Or what about those who don't have the privilege of having retirement funds? How are my nieces and nephews all age 10 and under managing the anxiety that they undoubtedly feel. So yes, probably like you, over the last three weeks, my tears have flowed more easily. A familiar song. Seeing the Board of Deacons on my Zoom dashboard this past Tuesday evening virtual happy hours with my parents on Saturday nights, text messages from friends all over the country just reaching out to check on me. I don't know about yours, but my emotions are much closer to the surface right now. But psychologists tell us that that's a natural phenomenon during stressful times like these. So we mustn't forget 
this Easter to pay attention to the tears. We must give ourselves permission to feel the grief and the anxiety, and we must be willing to sit with the uncertainty. And as people of faith, we also mustn't forget that the first Easter was fertilized with tears. It was Mary Magdalene who raced to the tomb that first day. After the Sabbath had been observed, the writer of the Gospel of John tells us that while it was still dark, she went to the tomb. She could see that the stone had been rolled away. And so she went to get help. She went to get Simon Peter and another disciple. And when they reach the tomb, they go in and they discover that the body of Jesus is not there. Again, the gospel tells us that they are not clear about what is happening. Perhaps the body has been stolen. Maybe they don't have the correct tomb. They were in a hurry that Friday evening to take care of it before the sun went down, as would have been the tradition. It, it was a borrowed space. So Simon Peter and the unnamed disciple, the scripture tells us they just go back home. But Mary, Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. Looking into the tomb, she sees two angels. One where the head of Jesus would have been and one where his feet would have been. And the angels ask, why the tears? And she tells them that they have taken Jesus from her. And then the scripture tells us Mary turns and sees Jesus standing before her. But because of her fear, because of her grief, she doesn't recognize the risen Christ. And I think to myself, how many times over these last several weeks, I have not recognized the risen Christ standing in front of me. I think about the risen Christ who delivers my mail and keeps me connected to the outside world. I think about the risen Christ who stocks the grocery store shelves so that I can eat and not worry about my next meal. I think about the risen Christ who patrols our streets to ensure safety and order. I think about the risen Christ who right now is reviewing data that will someday become the vaccine that ends this pandemic. I think about the risen Christ who stands guard next to a bed 
watching every vital sign in the ICU unit. I think about the risen Christ who drives trucks to ensure that the supply chain is not interrupted. I think about the risen Christ who wakes before dawn and goes to work in the field in Immokalee to ensure that there are fruits and vegetables for our nation to eat. I think about the risen Christ who right now is setting up a field hospital in Fort Myers to ensure that there are enough beds to care for the sick. I think about the risen Christ who drives the ambulance and is our community's first, first responder. I think about the risen Christ who removes my garbage, even in a pandemic, so that I don't have to worry about it. I think about the risen Christ who wears a lab coat and is prepared to make life and death decisions in a moment. I think about how the risen Christ is all around me and like Mary Magdalene, I'm not sure that I am always aware. And that lack of awareness can cause the sting of tears to flood my eyes. And my friends, this Easter, we must pay attention to the tears. Especially this Easter. Especially in these times. Because what we have to remember what we must go forth to tell the world is that the resurrection story teaches us the story begins with tears, but it ends in triumph. Beloved Easter people, we will get through this pandemic. I do not know what our church, community, or world will look like on the other side. But what I do know is that the risen Christ is with us now, even if we cannot see it. And I know that the risen Christ will be with us on the other side as our tears turn to triumph. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed.